Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Iowa hoop season's right around the corner, and I think I can speak for... uh... You know, getting the temperature of the Iowa fan base, Sean, I think they're ready for hoop season to uh, to come into full swing. We got a good glimpse of what this Iowa team can do against Truman State. We'll dive into that and our full season preview and at least somewhat predictions. It's t- always tough to be like, hey, this team can reach the Sweet 16 Elite Eight because it, we all know that there's so many other factors in the NCAA tournament. But David Eichholz, Sean Bach here for 24-7 Sports, HawkeyeInsider.com. Sean, uh, I know you and I have been gearing up for this for the last couple months, kind of very, very eager to see how this Iowa team is going to look. And I, I think I can speak for you and I when when I say it's going to be a really, really fun season. This is going to be a very intriguing team to watch with a lot of different variables that could really go either way. Yeah, most definitely. I think there are a lot of factors with the excitement of basketball season, obviously with the disappointment that some would say with the with the football season. Um Obviously, there's still some season left to go, but I think the added intrigue with this basketball season getting even closer and football season winding down a little bit, and obviously the success that Iowa has had in the last couple of seasons minus the NCAA tournament, there really does seem to be some sort of anticipation. Um, And you look back the last couple of years, not so much because Luca Garza, obviously that story was one of the more remarkable ones at Iowa. And then to have Keegan Murray the next year, people knew that Keegan Murray was going to be good and be a very good player for Iowa. But I don't think many people expected him to make the jump that he did outside of maybe a couple people. Yeah. But with this team, you know, you had those two storylines. You had Jordan Mohanan coming back last year. This year, it's almost like it's a relatively not like – I guess what I'm trying to say is it's not a old team, but it doesn't feel like a young team either. Like there's a healthy mix, but also it just seems like there's so many big question marks or encouraging signs with this team or intrigue that it makes this team almost more, you know, maybe better than the other teams going into the year to put it it out simply. Like there just seems to be a lot more, you know, not excitement, but just encouragement and just intriguement with these teams. And, you know, you you never know where it's going to come from this year. And I think we saw that against Truman State. While it's a small sample size, Iowa has so many weapons this year. And that can make it really dangerous throughout the whole entire year, and especially starting in the non-conference schedule with some of the teams that they have. So, yeah, I mean, I think this team has potential to be one of the more unique teams of the Fran McCaffrey era. I think it's more of the... I don't even want to say it's more of the mid-2010 teams because I think those teams had, you know, their solid one, two, three, four, and five guys that can stick at their positions. But 
with this team, I think you have guys, multiple guys that can play the two through four, multiple guys that can play the four or five, multiple guys that can play the one through three, those different combinations that you can put in this lineup that make yeah. them more, more encouraging to watch. I think, and this is how I've kind of summed it up. I know you and I have talked off the record just about this team in general. I feel like, well, number one, people should not expect Chris Murray to be Keegan Murray. I think people need to separate that now and appreciate what Chris is going to bring to the table because Chris is going to be in for a big year, but he's not going to be as heavily relied upon as Keegan was. We knew Keegan was going to take a big step forward. How big of a step? I don't think anybody really envisioned him potentially topping Luca Garza's season. I think you could kind of debate those one way or the other. I don't think there's a wrong answer there. But Sean, there's more proven help this year. I mean, it's a very similar roster, but these guys have proven themselves this year. So Chris isn't going to, like I said, not going to be as heavily relied upon. Uh, Patrick McCaffrey didn't play well against Truman State, but I have no doubt he's going to bounce back. There's going to be some games where I really think he carries the load, and we saw that against Richmond. I mean, Patrick McCaffrey is one of the only guys I thought was fearless in shooting the basketball. He made some big threes, helped spark that sort of comeback. But like you mentioned, Sean, there are so many guys that can take a huge step forward, in my opinion, Tony Perkins is the one I love. I think that gives Iowa so much versatility. I think it gives them length. I know people are concerned about Peyton Sanford playing the two. I think in some matchups, that's going to be something that, you know, they may need to watch or make a quick substitution. But while he doesn't have the foot quickness, he does have the size. He has the length to be able to at least contest shots if he can close out quick on the perimeter. And I think that will be something to watch. Uh, Iowa has enough lengthy guys that can help if Sanford gets beat off the dribble, but Sanford also can become a, a good rebounder from that two guard position. We saw that. I think he proved a lot of people wrong last year, maybe not wrong, but he proved that he's a better rebounder than most people gave him credit for. But the starting lineup of Perkins, Sanford, McCaffrey, Murray, and Philip or that's just such a dangerous starting five. I mean, if they can bring it defensively, Sean, that's going to take this team to just new heights. And I remember, Looking back through the stats last year, Iowa was in the top 45 in defensive efficiency from January 15th onward. And again, this is mostly the same team. And if Iowa can continue that defensive momentum, that's going to be huge. The thing that I really need to see Iowa do this year, even maybe more so than defense, Sean, they got to rebound the basketball. They were 20-1 and last year. The only loss came against Richmond when they out-rebounded their opponents. Patrick McCaffrey needs to become a dominant weak side rebounder. Chris Murray, I think, is going to be good. Really liked why I saw Philip Abracha against Truman State. Again, Truman State, but Philip Abracha is incredibly aggressive on offense, and that's what's going to really help open things up on the perimeter. And again, man, th there's just so much excitement with this team. The offensive sets look clean. I think the defense has potential. And while this isn't a perfect comparison, Sean, this team in a way, kind of reminds me of the Oregon team that beat Iowa a couple of years ago. They don't have the size, but they have athleticism, they have shooting, and they have length. But what separated that Oregon team was their ability to get into transition, number one, and they rebounded the ball incredibly well despite not being a huge team up front. So I think Iowa still stepped back in the athleticism department. But I, I think, Sean, at least in my five years of covering this team and, and maybe a decade plus of watching Iowa basketball, this might be one of Iowa's most athletic teams they've ever had, just up and down collectively. Yeah, and I think one of the things with that Oregon team, too, is they had guards that, like you said, could get in transition. Tony Perkins is one of those guys. I mean, Iowa's had that in the past, but 
I just think they had overwhelming length and athleticism across the board. And that's one area that you, if you have that, then I think you're going to find success no matter what, you know, conference you play in or no matter what, I mean, you got to have talent, but you're going to be more successful than not. If you have that type of length across the board and, you know, Iowa has that with this team. And I think that's going to bode really well for big 10 play. Fran McCaffrey mentioned, I know, interior play was a concern of many people going into this year and like you said I think rebounding really has to take a step forward I think Truman State had like eight offensive rebounds against Iowa that's that's too much I know it's early in the season but that's too much but I really liked how Tony Perkins was able to rebound at, at the guard and then take it up and you know start transition and I think that's gonna be one facet where he's gonna be really important this year and you have I think with that starting lineup, I think you have five guys. I mean, I know Philip Rabrach is not ideal to take up the basketball, but I think he's capable of doing it if he needs to. I mean, they prefer to have him as an outlet or as a guy that's a rim runner, but I think you could use him in that role if, if you really need to. Yeah. So, I mean, preferably four guys, but five guys is definitely possible. So, I mean, I, I understand the comparison with the Oregon team too. I think that Oregon team also shot. I think that was a very bad matchup for Iowa uh, yeah. with the way things lined up. And yep. Oregon played really well too. But I think with this team, what you're going to see is, you know, this is one of the years, I'm not going to say Iowa's going to win the Big Ten because I think that's going to be either Indiana or Illinois while they both have on very unproven commodities. I think with this Iowa team, this year – this lineup, this like roster makeup, this is probably the most, you know, ideal year for them to have this team with the way that the Big Ten is structured. Yeah. Not just saying that the Big Ten is is like it's gonna be a crapshoot. Like no one knows what's gonna happen this year. Like, yes, Indiana and Iowa are at the or Indiana and Illinois at the top, but you can make arguments for Michigan State. You can make arguments for Purdue. You can make arguments for Michigan. You can make arguments for a couple other teams. Like, I think I'm higher on Wisconsin than other people are. There are so many, like, guys in this league or teams in this league that can make something happen and, you know, sneak into that brush on. But, I mean, you look at the big men, like, it's top-heavy. Like, Indiana has Trace Jackson Davis. Purdue has Zach Eady. Michigan has Hunter Dickinson. Rutgers has Cliff Omaroy. And, I mean, outside of that, like, who am I forgetting? Am I forgetting anyone? Like, you could consider Dawson Garcia maybe a big man, but he's more of a forward type. Yeah, I agree with you on that. But it's just going to be, like, for a t- for a pro- or for a conference that is so, you know, big man dependent, it seems, there's really not much of that outside of those three teams from the top of my head. And it, it, here's I, the I thing, that's... though, too, Sean, really quick. It's going to be very interesting. It's going to come down to how does Iowa defend those guys with, despite being undersized? Because I'm curious, does Chris Murray play a lot of the five this year? Because I think in some situations it's going to be smart for him to play the five. But at the same time, you can't afford to get Chris Murray in foul trouble because I think he's a top three, top four candidate for Big Ten player of the year. But as you mentioned, Trace Jackson Davis, I think, is we'll get into this later. Trace Jackson Davis is probably my preseason Big Ten player of the year. Uh, I just don't think Edie, Zach Edie is going to be there defensively. He won't stay on the court long enough. But there are some other guys. Hunter Dickinson, obviously, is going to have a say in that as well. And 
it could be, I don't want to say another frustrating year for Philip Robracha, but I think he has a big opportunity to step up for Iowa when they get in these sort of matchups. But again, I think it's going to come down to how does Iowa scheme up against those kind of teams. But I would also counter that very quickly, Sean, by saying Iowa could have as good of guard play as anybody in the conference, especially in terms of preseason expectation. Let me at least put it in perspective. Terrence Shannon is the only shooting guard in the Big Ten that made the preseason award watch list for top 15, top 20 shooting guards in the country. There's no Big Ten point guard that made the top 20 preseason watch list award for the top point guard in the country. And that tells me there's an opening. If Tony Perkins is a starting point guard all year with what we saw from Tony in last year and obviously in the exhibition and what we expect him going forward, he can emerge there. So it's going to be a very interesting chess match about how Iowa goes about those type of matchups. Yeah, no, that's a that's a fair point. And Fran McCaffrey mentioned it too that, you know, they they don't really need to have a true big man behind Robracha in certain games. I mean, they they will against Duke, they will against Indiana, they will against Purdue, and they will against Michigan. But some of those other matchups, like you don't need as much. Like you can play to your strengths more in those games. And that's going to be really important for this Iowa team because I think the versatility on the wing and on the on the perimeter, I think, is going to be more valuable than interior play this year in the NCAA tournament or this year in just the Big Ten in general. Yeah. Diving in a little bit more, I don't really want to do a ma- you know go into each game and predict a win or loss. I just think basketball it's almost a crapshoot. So Sean, let's just start with some over unders and kind of just bounce off there. I have a couple. Number one. I, I have 16 and a half Iowa's leading score. Is that going to be over 16 and a half or under? I think it's under. You think it's going to be under? Who do you have leading the team? I have Chris Murray leading the team with like 15 and a half points. Then I think Patrick will be there around 15. And then I think it's kind of up in the air after that. I, I think you Perk can make probably. Yeah, you can make arguments for having Sony and Peyton. Average double figures, and I think Phillip is just around the 10-point mark. 10 and 8 this year, I think, is could be possible for him. That'd be huge. If he can grab eight yeah. boards a game and, and even just put backs, and in, in, I'm very curious how he shoots from the free throw line this year. I think that's going to be a big key for him to be able to I get will say mark. the one thing that keeps me from potentially putting Chris at the over is I think he's going to shoot more threes this year. Now he shot, I think it was around – maybe a hundred threes last season. It's it was 111. That was third most on the team. Yeah. But I think Peyton Sanford's obviously going to get more three point, shoot more threes. <laughs> I mean, there's no doubt about that. He's going to let that thing but, fly. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're replacing two of your top three point shooters from last year. That's Bohannon and Keegan Murray. I think Chris could probably shoot around the 150, maybe closer to two. I don't want to say 200. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. 
Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Probably the 160, 170 mark. And I think that's a fair place for him to shoot at. So, you know, you can make an argument. Um, You can make an argument for that. I have the over. I just, I look at Chris's talent. And the key to me is can you stay on the floor? I mean, we saw, you know, Keegan during his first year went through foul troubles correct it the next year there were times last year where i thought chris got in foul trouble early he corrected it uh he has an opportunity to correct it this season i think he's going to i have him about 17.8 it wouldn't surprise me if he got over 18 i just think that there's going to be times where he goes on a solo 8-0 run in two minutes it's not going to be the keegan level where keegan did it seemingly every single game but i'm very curious how Chris just has some different things in his bag that I think he he has yet to showcase. And I think that's going to be a big thing for him. I'm actually going to go off the grid a little bit, Sean. I think Tony Perkins is going to be the team's second leading scorer. I think him and Patrick are going to go back and forth. But just what I've seen from Tony and just that he has that dog in him. He has that killer look to him this year. He just really seems like he's set to explode. He's pulling up from three with confidence. He's dunking the ball in transition. Like he really just seems like he's finally in his element and has really transitioned into being that sort of that guy. Uh, I talked to big 10 network uh, basketball analyst, Raphael Davis. And he just told me he brings something different that to the Iowa guard room that they just haven't had in a couple of years uh, in some, quite some time. So I think Perkins could really, really break out in a good role this year. And we'll get into this later, but man, his defense I think he has an opportunity to do something. Uh, Leading rebounder on this year's team, Sean. I think you want it to be Phillip, but I also think you need Patrick McCaffrey and Chris Murray to have six, seven rebounds a game. I mean, because look at, look at Keegan Murray. I mean, Chris, Chris was one of the better offensive rebounders on this team last year. Keegan was the best, but Keegan's defensive rebounding rate was one of the was the best on this team too. And correct me if I'm wrong, there were a number of Keegan's buckets where he got off rebounds and he took it coast to coast, or it, he at least or like pulled up or you know did something because he felt yeah. like he could just take it to the rim. And that's what Chris needs to do this year, and that's how he can get a number of scoring opportunities. Something that intrigued me about rewatching the scrimmage against not scrimmage, but the exhibition against Truman State. And it's a small thing. And again, it's against Truman State, but I have no doubt it can translate over. It's something that Chris didn't show last year. He was, I think, one step inside the three-point line, you know, dribbled, did a couple hesitations, stepped back three, drained it. 
That's not something Chris would have done last year. So I think that's a very good sign for him in terms of watching his game sort of progress. So that'll be interesting. I'm with you. I think Phillip has the opportunity to lead the team in rebounding. I think, again, can he stay on the floor? If he goes against those bigger guys, can he stay out of foul trouble? I'm going to say Chris leads the team in rebounding. I think that's just the safest bet. But if Phillip can stay on the floor and continue to play with confidence, then I do think that Phillip is a reasonable pick for that. Uh, Sean, give me your surprise, surprise player of the year and maybe surprise thing that's going to happen for this Iowa team this year. It could be a big win at somewhere. It could be, a you know, just something of the, along those lines. But give me your player and then I'll give you my player and then you can respond with what thing you think is going to happen. Surprise player. I mean, a lot of people would say Peyton Sampert. I think going back to last year, especially the latter half of the year, a lot of people would have predicted Peyton to be the guy or one of the guys. So I'm not going to go with him as the easy answer. I think Connor McCaffrey would be another easy answer too for some people because of the way he's expected to shoot this ball this year, shoot the ball this year based on all the offseason buzz. But if I had to pick one, I would love to see Josh Dix crack the rotation. Now, I think that depends on if Iowa decides to keep Tony at the one or the two mm-hmm. because he Dix is more of a two or three in my mind, and I think he could provide depth. But I think he's more suited at the two um, with his shooting ability and the way he can handle the ball, and he's six foot four. So I don't anticipate Iowa wanting to have many long lineups with him on the floor unless he's at the one. But I don't know if he's quick, like quick twitched enough to do that. I think he's basketball quick and he gets to his spots really well and, you know, he uses his body really well. But if Iowa struggles, I think they're going to have enough shooters. You know, we'll we'll see if Patrick McCaffrey can become a, a consistent three-point shooter. Same thing with Chris Murray. Have a good feeling Peyton's going to be that. Tony's not afraid to shoot it. Connor McCaffrey can shoot it. But I think Dix could be a good 3 and D guy, potentially with the ability to do other things on the defensive and offensive side of the floors. That can make him a real impact player. Because what he showed on against Truman State, I really liked from a perspective of, you know, confidence. That's something for McCaffrey mentioned. Missed the first three, missed the first three then hit the next two. And also just he knows where to find guys. And I've heard all offseason, too, that the talk with him is he's still getting his feet wet. He's still figuring things out from a speed perspective. But what he can do from a basketball perspective, his instincts, the way he can shoot the basketball, the way he can score, and just the way that he can impact the game makes me think that Iowa is going to have a hard time keeping him off the floor in some games. Now, maybe it's not ideal in certain situations, but I think what he brings is almost too good to, you know, maybe not play eight, nine minutes a game, maybe it's less a, than that. But it, it's incredible that he's back on the floor. Yeah. I mean, that horrific injury. I mean, you know, I know you got the chance to cover his recruitment, talk to him. I mean, you just had to feel good when you watched him hit those couple shots against Truman State. I mean, for for again, it's it's just completely wild to me that he's fully cleared and he's playing after that sort of injury. I do think Connor McCaffrey probably is a little bit of an easy answer. I love that he shot the ball with confidence against Truman State. I mean, there was just no hesitation. I mean, how many times do we have we seen Connor over his career, Sean, get the ball, look around, nobody's guarding him, 
wait two seconds, and then finally shoot the ball. He's just not in rhythm when you do that. So to watch him be able to go out there, just pull up with a hand in his face, drain it. He's been shooting well since the Penn State game last year. If he can shoot 37, 38%, I mean, that opens up so much when he's on the floor. It's just huge. So I won't go with him. This is a tougher question than I thought. I do like the Josh Dix pick. I'm going to go. You know what? Here's here's the thing. I'm going to go with Tony Perkins from this standpoint. I think Tony Perkins is going to be the first Iowa player to make the Big Ten all-defensive team since 2015 when Jared Utoff did. He just looks like he's ready to piece it all together on the perimeter. He, The way he's playing the passing lanes, his on-ball I think he has the best on-ball defense on the team. There's really no guards that – I just think there's an opening for him to really emerge as that top-tier on-ball defender that Iowa just hasn't had in, in the last few years. So I may go with that, but I'll also throw in DeSante Bowen. DeSante Bowen, there's no doubt he has to get more confidence shooting the basketball. I know he got blocked a few times driving in. He's going to have to continue to put on strength, maybe utilize how to maneuver when he's up in the air going up for a layup. But eight assists, Sean, he just looked like he was playing in control for the most part. He has great handles. He can get to the rim. He has an opportunity to set guys up. And I'm very curious. I think it's going to be a a season-long battle between him and Aaron Uless about who's going to get that backup point guard spot. I really like what Aaron Uless can bring to the table. I think Aaron needs to shoot the ball better. But I liked what Aaron brought defensively last year at times. But I really do think that it it could be a very intriguing battle between DeSante and Aaron. As especially in the non-conference season, about who really gets that backup point guard role. Yeah, most definitely. And I was I was ready to say too, I'm not ready to give up on Aaron Ulis yet. And I know you yeah. you never said you were, but I know a lot of people were buying into the DeSante Bowen hype train and deservedly so. I think he's gonna be a very good four or five year player or four year player. Can't say four or five year because the COVID stuff's gone for yeah. that class, but <laughs> four four year player at Iowa. Um and will contribute this year. But I think Aaron Uless, he's not his brother, but I think when he's on the floor, he provides – he can get to the rim, but he's that uh, like that, that guy that makes the right pass when he needs to and can be a really good filler for that extra pass too, if that makes sense. You know, I think he sees the floor really well, and he's gotten stronger. He looks a lot more – I guess, comfortable in his role from what we saw in practice. Obviously, didn't see him in the exhibition game. But I think he looks a lot more comfortable on the floor. He looked timid at times, even yeah. during high school, I would say. You know, his senior year, he looked confident. But I would say his freshman, sophomore year, he looked a little timid. And I think with him having that confidence is going to be really important, to, you know, for him to take that next step and to be a, to be a solid contributor. Because Fran said, I mean – a lot of people are asking why isn't Ulis, you know, playing at the end of the year, but he's been bothered by some injuries throughout his career, and that's really hampered him. So I think he's going to have a role. How much? That's what I'm willing to see. He doesn't have to score the ball much. I think shooting the ball, yes, he could at times, could shoot the three if he wants to. He doesn't need to. That would be nice if he could. But I think his biggest impact is going to be driving the lane, getting, you know, penetration, kind of doing what Joe Toussaint did last year as a true point guard, getting in transition, you know, kicking, driving, getting to the hole if he needs to, 
but also playing under control and not trying to do too much, but also playing with that confidence because his turnover rate was a little high last year for my yeah. liking when he was on the court. I think Ken Palm has his turnover rate at 21.6, while Toussaint's was at 24.7. We know how high that was last year. So he just needs to play within himself because sometimes he gets a little little too much or tries to do a little too much or you know maybe gets too deep here or there you know, maybe makes the wrong pass or whatever. But I think if he can play within himself, play with that confidence, and he looked more confident when we saw him in the practice, he just looked more poised, then I think he's going to have a pretty good impact this year. Yeah, no doubt. And I I agree with what you said. You really don't need him to shoot the ball. It's nice, but Iowa does not lack shooters. I mean, their offense is going to be pretty crazy once again, but that's just kind of the frame of Caffrey mantra of it so sean again i want to say a surprise thing give me your bold take of the season i i have a couple kind of lined up but i'm also not sure where you know how bold they actually are just because i'm i'm very because i've seen iowa picked as high as third i've seen iowa picked as low as ninth i mean there's a very wide-ranging scale it feels like for this iowa team but give me the bold take about about the team this season the bold take i would have to say is I think people need to realize how difficult it is to get to the second weekend, especially of the NCAA tournament, especially when you have the matchups that you do in the NCAA tournament and they're just random. Richmond played as was a very good 12 seed. And they were like the A10 is a very good conference. And with Loyola joining that conference too, it's going to get even better. But I would say it. I think it might be the year that Iowa, I'm not going to say they're going to make the Sweet 16, but I think this is Fran McCaffrey's team that is most built for a Sweet 16 run. Hmm. That's an interesting I, take. Yeah, I think from a – now injuries could be a killer. Knock on wood, hopefully they don't get any injuries. But I think from a depth standpoint, from a personnel standpoint, my big thing is who – I know Chris Murray is capable of it, but the thing that Iowa seemed to run into last year at times when Keegan was – you know, he was never really shut down that much. But can you get a stop or can you get a bucket from someone else other than your top guy? Who is going to be the guy that does that? Who is going to be the guy that gets into the lane, that can create for himself when teams are, you know, running you off the three-point line? Who can be that guy? Who can be the guy that can take things over when you're not shooting the basketball well? Who can be the guy that, you know, can set up offense, can, you know, drive and kick, can get other, can make other guys better? Who can be the guy that can do that when your team is not scoring efficiently? Can Iowa win games ugly? I think that's going to be another thing, too. Yeah, I like that. Because, you know, we talk about the offense, but the Big Ten – you know, you're in a battle every night. And this year, more than ever, I think maybe outside of Northwestern, even if you go to Northwestern, you're going to be in a battle. But I think every game that Iowa plays on the road in the Big Ten this year is going to be a game where they could lose. And that's not even like just – that's like the Big Ten. Like the saying goes, life on the road in the Big Ten. But the Big Ten is such a crapshoot this year that you're going to have games like Rutgers last year 
where you need to prove that you can win ugly. Yeah. And they've done it before at the rack, but, you know, can you win those ugly games that you need to win? Like even Penn State might be a team that mucks it up. Um, you know, Maryland, Wisconsin, Purdue, those teams, Michigan State always plays hard. Can you win those games where, you know, you might not be scoring 70, 80 points, but can you win those games in the 50s? Can you win those games in the low 60s? I think that's going to be something that really, you know, I mean, defense always travels. That's same as always. But can you do it consistently in the Big Ten? Because if you can't, then you're going to be in trouble, especially this year. So winning yeah. games ugly, I think, is going to be really important. Here, and the difference between this team doing something in the NCAA tournament as opposed to not. And especially like, in Big I Ten. I like play. that a lot. And something I would add on to that, Sean, that I just thought of, can they win due to guard play? Guards win you games in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. And – I don't, again, I don't know if this is a bold take. If Tony Perkins can get up to that 15, 16 point a game threshold, which I don't think he is. Okay. I'm not saying that, but Tony Perkins, two way versatility and athleticism and that killer that he's kind of got to him. I think that's the type of guard that wins you games in March. He strikes me as the guy who can potentially get there. And I think that's the thing. Is he there at the beginning of the season right now? I think that's still to be determined. I think it's still a little early. I loved what I saw out of him last year, but he rebounds the ball. He's passing the ball. He's dunking in transition. He's taking those open three-pointers. He is so tough in the lane. I think that's the thing that's impressed me the most about him. When he takes that contact and he goes up for those layups or difficult contested shots, Sean, he doesn't back away, and he's able to finish through traffic. Those are the type of plays and shots that win you games in March. And I think Tony Perkins can eventually get up to that over the course of the season. And you have a Peyton Sanford who can hit you those big, big shots. If he gets open, he's going to shoot it and he has no hesitation. So I do like that take that Iowa probably is. It's one of the more uniquely built teams that have a chance to do something in the NCAA tournament. A barring injury, of course, this is assuming everybody stays healthy. I, I guess my bold take, Sean, is if it's bold, I think Iowa goes top four in the Big Ten. I, I really do think that they are, I don't want to say undoubtedly a top four team in the Big Ten. I just think they're I think they can be as good as the second or third best team in the Big Ten, just depending on how things shake out. I think the chemistry of this team is very, very high. No turnovers in the first 18 minutes against Truman State showed me a lot. I, yes, it's against Truman State, but it's an exhibition. And they're already not turning the ball over. And we know Fran McCaffrey's offenses when they aren't turning the ball over and they're shooting 60% from the field, they're probably going to win more games than not. So I'll say Iowa's undoubtedly a top four team, the conference. I think they finish as top four team, the conference. And to kind of wrap this up, Sean, give me how many wins Iowa gets in the regular season this year. And, and yeah. what, or why don't we rephrase it? Do they make the NCAA tournament? And what seed are you kind of look thinking they're going to hit? NCAA tournament, yes. Six seed. Because I think the Big Ten will be – I think the Big Ten will have a lot of six through 11 teams as opposed to top five teams or top five seeds. I think they have. I was thinking that five or six range, and I'm actually going to change my bold prediction to make it even more bold. I think Iowa beats Duke in Madison Square Garden. Mm. I think Iowa's getting them at the perfect time. 
first year coach. They have a couple early injuries on Sean. It's freshman. Is that team going to be built together at that point? I think Iowa is going to be more cohesive at that point than Duke is. So I think Iowa has a perfect opportunity to strike against Duke. Now does Duke win probably eight out of the 10 times? Yeah. But I do think Iowa is going to get them at the right time. So I'm going to say Iowa beats Duke and Madison Square Garden. Uh, I'm with you. I think six seed. I think they get a double buy in the Big Ten tournament. And I think they comfortably get in the NCAA tournament. I know some people have thought they'd be on the bubble, but I really feel – I don't know if you feel this way, Sean. I feel better about this team going into this year than last year's team going into last year. Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's fair. I mean, I was I was on a show with Jess Settles the other day, and he went before me, and he was talking about that. He thinks this team is farther along than the team last year. And that's because, like you mentioned before, that experience depth that they have as opposed to last year. So, yeah, I guess that kind of wraps up our season preview. Sean, appreciate it. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Stay tuned to HawkeyeInsider.com during the rest of the football season. And basketball season, signing day is next month. We're going to be loaded with content. So be sure to stay tuned to 24-7 Sports. Follow us on Twitter. At David Eichel, at SPOC247, at Hawkeyes on 247. And be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes podcast. We're going to continue to up these as the season goes along. And we got a lot of fun things in the works. So stay tuned to that. And uh, basketball season's here. You ready for this? Yeah. If is the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If. Ready PG.